Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. So over the last few weeks, we have been focusing on Acts 1 verses 1 to 3, really homing in on really the foundations of the book of Acts, you know, what the whole of the book of Acts is built upon. And Luke, who writes Acts, going back and and looking at the Gospel of Luke as well, sort of the, the first part of what he wrote. And you know, the whole thing of that, it's built upon Jesus's doings and teachings, what he did and what he spoke the fact that you know, he had to ascend to be able to send the Holy Spirit down. So he had to leave the earth to be able to then send the Holy Spirit, which then was to come to empower, to convict us. And then we went on, we talked about the infallible proofs of, uh, of, of Jesus's resurrection and then looked at the kingdom of God. And the whole thing of that this is all built on what Jesus, you know, Jesus's ministry was the kingdom of God. Yeah, one of the first things he said when he entered into ministry was, "Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand." And this is the whole thing that we, as believers, are to follow into, to bring about the repentance, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it is still at hand today. The repentance only comes through the gospel and the gospel is the only way into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus died upon a cross for your sins. He was buried and he rose again three days later. Your sins were taken upon the cross. Your sins were buried in the grave. He bore them all, past, present and future. They were all born on his body in his death when he rose again three days later he rose with the power he rose as a man again resurrected not as a ghost he was able to do things that men can do he was able to eat he was able to to walk he was able to be touched but he also was able to appear here there and everywhere simultaneously he was able to walk through locked doors and locked you know, locked rooms. Is this the point that Jesus is alive today and is that the kingdom of heaven is still alive today and it is the only place where we will see eternal life. The only place where we will see eternal life. And so Acts is you know, built on this. And so today we come and start looking at Acts 1 verses 4 and 5. So let's read Acts 1 verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The first thing to, to, to look at here is the fact that they are assembled together and that Jesus is assembled with them. Here we go back and just look quickly at Acts 1 verses 1 to 3. You know that Luke is saying uh, the, the former account, which is the gospel of Luke, of all that Jesus being brought both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking to the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, so we've gone from looking at the, you know, the the foundations to where Luke picks the story up from. This is now, I could say, it's almost live. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He is assembled with his disciples, with his believers, with his followers. He's assembled with them the word assembled here in the greek is the only time that this word is used meaning to gather together they are gathered together the word in the greek is silozo and the word sin s-y-n not s-i-n s-y-n meaning to be with one to accompany one you know they are all one they are together as one. They are one in Jesus because they see a resurrected Jesus. They are gathered together as one with a resurrected Jesus. And, you know, we are called to be gathered as one. You know, the church is to be as one. We are to be the body of believers. We are to be a body we are to be you know, where christ is the head we are the body there's many passages in the bible that talk about the body of christ that we may all have different parts but we're to work together and in today's age you know, what is really sad is we don't see that we don't see the church working totally together we don't see the church you know, working together in the fact that you know, different denominations have different theologies. And, and I'm, not, I'm not picking up on that. But what I'm saying is that they, they, different denominations believe in one thing or another thing. Or they do something or they do something else. And across the denominations and across churches, not just denominations, across different churches, they have an importance of something that they feel is more important than something else and then they start to look down or even argue against other churches you know, the church is the bride of christ and the bride of christ is what he is going to call up it's what he's going to call up in that day in that day when we are going to be caught up in the sky 
And I think we need to be in this day and age really looking at are we resembling the bride of Christ? This is the bride. This is who Christ wants to be with, who Christ wants to marry. Do we resemble the bride of Christ? Are we one? Are we gathered together? Or are we all looking for our own little things and we're, we've been you know, knocking off other, you know, other denominations or we're knocking off? And yeah, and I have to admit, you know, I've fallen into those traps. But the Lord has been really speaking to me recently about this, about the bride of Christ and the church. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's really not easy to do. Because Satan will always be whispering things. But we come back to what it says here. They were assembled together with him. They were all together assembled with him. They were to be one. They were accompanying one. And we as a body of believers need to be accompanying the one. We need to be gathered together. Being in fellowship is important. It's about being the body of Christ. You know, in this day and age where we've got online church, I have a real issue with online church because where's the fellowship within that? Fellowship, we're meant to gather. Something that COVID did was destroy that. It destroyed the fellowship. It destroyed, you know, it took away the worship during COVID. Yeah, we, we've been able to gather back to worship, but you know, there are those people out there that don't gather. There are those people that see the, you know, the, I was going to say the bonus, there is no bonus, but they feel there's a bonus of staying at home and watching church online. There's not a bonus in that. There's no bonus. We're called to be together. We're called to be in fellowship. Yeah, when we get to Acts 2 verse 42, we'll look at this in the church. Yeah, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were to gather together. And we are to gather together in his name. We're to assemble together. It is not about us meeting individually with him. It's about us meeting together. And so here we have this beautiful, I feel, a beautiful picture of the fact that they are gathered together. It's more than fellowship. They are gathered together with Jesus. And so we then come to the next part. <clears throat> They're assembled together. They're all together with Jesus, and then he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. The word commanded uh, means, to, in, in the Greek, is order or charge. Jesus charged them. He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Why? Because they were to wait there for the promise of the Father. Can you imagine that if they hadn't waited, if they hadn't followed his command, his order in this point, then he, the Holy Spirit would have been missed. 
if they'd all decided that, oh, you know, when he had ascended, it's like, uh, okay, he's gone, let's all crack on with our own lives again. They would have missed the Holy Spirit. They would have missed that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Within this whole thing of the word command, it's 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 authoritative. It is extremely authoritative. The same word is used, in fact, um, in Luke 8, verse 29. This Greek word, paranagolo, which it says here, I'm going to read uh, Luke 8 uh, from verse 26. And they sailed to the country of the Gardaeans, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. He broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. The command of Jesus is authoritative. It's the same word here where he commands an unclean spirit to come out of this man, which in other passage, in other gospels we know um, is the man with, with legion. You know, having many spirits in him. It's totally possessed by spirits. And Jesus commands the spirit to come out. And exactly the same word here. There's an authoritative in this. Jesus commanded them. He was authoritative with them not to depart from Jerusalem. Yeah, we also see the same word being used in Mark 8, uh, verse 6. And this is with the feeding of the 4,000. And Jesus said in, in verse 4, it says, Then his disciples answered, How can we satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. Jesus's command is authoritative. He commands the multitude to sit down on the ground. Can you imagine in this that if he hadn't sat down, on, if, if, he, if, if they hadn't sat down on the ground, would they have missed the whole thing of the, the miracle within the loaves? Would he have missed that? Yeah, the loaves and the fishes being multiplied. If they'd refused to follow Jesus, refused to accept his command, would they have missed it? I believe they would. And so this comes down to us today. When Jesus speaks to us in an authoritative manner, when he commands us, to do something we need to take it up because there is a reason for it 
Often these authoritative commands come when there is something for the person receiving it. You know, we, we look at the passage we just looked at in Mark 8. You, the, the authority to sit down came so that the people would receive food. With legion and with, with that demon-possessed man, the authority the authoritative command of the demon to go meant that the man was freed. In Here in Acts 1 verse 4, the authority command was so that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is an authority within this command and there's an authority in commands that Jesus gives you today. And if you don't follow them through, if you don't walk in obedience, then you could miss out. You could miss out on what he has for you. There are many examples of commands that are given within the Bible. And within those commands, there is something to receive at the end of it. So, for example, in Deuteronomy 5, verse 33, um, in fact, go for verse 32, Therefore you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. This was something that Moses was speaking to the Israelites. And within this, he was saying that if you follow walk the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you then you will live and you may live well and you may prolong your days in the land that you shall possess the land that they were going to walk into the promised land they follow his commands then they would live in that land well yeah there was something to receive at the end of that command Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth again there's a command here to the to the Israelites saying that if you diligently obey if you diligently follow these commands then you will be set high above all nations of the earth that's the nation of Israel the nation of Israel will be set high above all nations of the earth yeah we haven't got time to, to go into this in detail but yeah, there, there are there's there's many there's, there's a train of thought that God has finished with Israel Israel messed it all up and now God has moved on and is working in it that's not true there are many scriptures many many scriptures you know Romans 9 10 11 you know, it's, it's a great example God hasn't finished with Israel yet and we're going to see a mighty rise in Israel I believe that. I believe that we're going to see a mighty rise up in Israel. And Jesus is going to do something amazing there. The Holy Spirit is going to do something amazing there. We need to keep praying for Israel. 
You know, he, he hasn't finished within this yet at all. But again, follow and obey the commands and this is what will happen. You will receive something. Today, are you following and obeying his commands? Are you obeying what he says? What he's directing you to do? It's only you that can hear the voice of God speaking to you directly. But are you hearing that voice and are you following that voice? Jesus doesn't just say things for his own sake. He says things that you will take notice and that you will follow him. And that you will receive from him what he wants to give you if you obey his commands. This then leads us to Romans 5 verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Adam's disobedience meant that many became sinners. Many became sinners. But through Jesus' obedience, many were made righteous. God had commanded, he'd given Jesus a very clear mission about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And as paving the way for the kingdom of God, to pave the way for the, to, to enter the kingdom of the heaven, Christ had to die upon a cross for your sins. That's the only way that we can have a reconciliation with the kingdom of heaven. Because of one man's disobedience, we're all made sinners. One man's disobedience means that we all are excluded from the kingdom of heaven because we sin. Yeah, I was having this conversation with someone uh, recently who said they, they've lived a good life and they were really struggling and, and they know Jesus is real. They've 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 come to yeah, they know this, they know what Jesus has done. But they said, I struggle with the fact that whilst I led a good life, I was a sinner. And my answer to that was and it's the same answer that I would give everybody. Were you obedient to Jesus in that life? Were you listening to what he said and following it through? And of course the answer was no. There's sin. You may, you know, this whole thing of, yeah, we can look at the stealing, we can look at the lying. You know, have you ever taken something without permission? Well, that's stealing. Have you ever, you know, said something that isn't true? Well, that's lying. It doesn't have to be murder. It doesn't have to be, you know, but then come to murder. Have you ever hated someone? Have you ever had anger? Well, that's murder within the heart. So we've all done these things, but if we break it simply down, as well as all of that, have you ever been disobedient? 
And we got talking about, you know, uh, earthly parents and being disobedient and everything there. But this is the point. Disobedience is sin. But it's only by Christ's obedience that we are made righteous. Only by Christ's obedience are we made righteous. And so in all this talking of, you know, they're assembled together, they're of one, they are, Jesus gives them a command and authority to not depart from Jerusalem because there's something for them. What is that something? It's to wait for the promise of the Father. Of which he said, you have heard from me. You know, what is this promise of the Father? Well, Joel 2, 28, 29 gives us that promise. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. His spirit will be poured out on all flesh the holy spirit is for all the holy spirit is for all sons and daughters shall prophesy yeah there are those that think that prophecy that prophets are dead that prophets don't exist anymore yeah that's not what even from this scripture that's not what we see when the Holy, if we're saying that prophets are dead, then we're saying that the Holy Spirit is dead. Because Jesus makes it very clear. He will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sorry, God makes this very clear in the prophecy. Pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. There will be prophecies under the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is still working today, and therefore there are still prophecies today. There are still dreams given by the Holy Spirit. There are still visions given by the Holy Spirit. This is the point, that this is for all flesh. And when he says all flesh, he means all flesh. So does that open up a question say, well, can a non-believer have the Holy Spirit? No, because you need to be a believer. But the fact is that it is available to all. The pouring out of the Spirit is available to all. The difference is, will you receive it? Will you take that gift? Will you, as the disciples had to wait in Jerusalem, will you do as Jesus commands and wait for that will you take that invitation when it comes you know, for some people the, the the pouring out of the holy spirit can come you know when they are water baptized and we're going to talk about that more next week but you know, for some that might be the case for others it may be another time yeah you know, there's no 
particular timing or thing that happens here. We don't have to do anything. We don't. We can't program the Holy Spirit to move and to pour into us and to fill us. But what we need to do is we need to wait. And I believe that wholeheartedly, that we need to wait for this. We need to wait for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean we sit around idly and do nothing. And No, we need to wait upon him. We need to wait upon him. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was for some. Yeah, there are examples of that within the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit comes upon individuals. Let's look at Exodus 31. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezel the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. God filled Bezel with his spirit and he gave him wisdom he gave him understanding he gave him knowledge he gave him workmanship and within that workmanship he gave him artistic works he creativity to work in gold silver and bronze you know the holy spirit can empower you in creativity the holy spirit can power you in your workplace wherever you are the holy spirit can power you in there the Holy Spirit isn't just for you know, the gathering of meeting together. The Holy Spirit is to be shown in other places as well. If the Holy Spirit only works within one certain place, then that's just weird and that's bizarre. Why would the Holy Spirit only work in, in a church building? No, that's not the case. The Holy Spirit can give us gifts even in our workplace. The Holy Spirit can give us gifts of creativity and so this is one example of where the holy spirit is used is poured out in the old testament we also see this again in exodus 35 uh, reading from verse 30 and moses said to the children of israel see the lord has called by name bezel the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he was filled. He has filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, knowledge, and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver. We see then Moses sharing this with the other Israelites. We then get again an example uh, in Deuteronomy, uh, verse thirty-four. And this is at the, the, the death of, of Moses. I'm going to read from verse uh, 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried, and he, he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peroh. 
but no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua was filled by the Holy Spirit so that he could then continue the work that was set before. We also see the Holy Spirit at work in Samson. Judges 14 verse I'll read from verse 5 so Samson went down to Timnah and his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah now to his surprise a young lion came roaring against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat though he had nothing in his hand but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done it's an interesting one with Samson because there's you before he's born there's there's clearly a command that he shall not cut his hair and he shall not drink of you know of alcohol and all this and the spirit of the lord the holy spirit pours on to samson in to give him the strength at various points but when he disobeys god this comes back to what we talked about earlier with command when he disobeys god the holy spirit takes his hand off And that brings us to an interesting point. When we disobey God, the Holy Spirit doesn't work in us. We need to make sure that we are being obedient to him to allow the Holy Spirit then to work. Why would someone be disobedient and be given a gift? It doesn't make sense. We need to make sure that in this time of the outpouring, the outpouring of the Spirit, that we are obedient. We are following his commands. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we thank you for, for the word that that we can have a relationship with you the promise that we can have a relationship with you within our flesh may we be walking in step with you and with your commands may there be nothing of us may our flesh totally pass away so that your authority can come through us May we walk with you. May we lay down everything of ourselves. Truly from the heart. May we have ears that are open to hear your voice. To hear your commands. And may we walk in those ways. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. It's been great to be with you again this week and I look forward to picking this up again next week when we will continue to have our walk through Acts 
and we will move into verse 5. But until then, God bless you. Stay safe, stay protected. May you know that you are loved. God bless.